Hello and welcome back to another episode of Control-Alt-Delete. This is episode 79. Jen Sincero is my guest today. She is a number one New York Times best-selling author, life coach and motivational speaker who has helped countless people transform their personal and professional lives via her seminars, public appearances and books. Before this, Jen worked at CBS Records. She played in, in her own words, several failed rock bands and had a string of loser boyfriends and never had any money. So she decided to change it. And following on from this very, very successful book, You're a Badass, which, by the way, was number one in the charts for 55 weeks and has sold over a million copies and hit 10 bestseller lists. She has published a follow-up book called You Are a Badass at Making Money. So I wanted to theme this whole episode with Jen around money, um, our relationship with it, giving ourselves permission to make it, our fear of it, why sometimes we might self-sabotage ourselves, and in general, why we should be more open with ourselves and each other about money and our own personal goals when it comes to money, because that might be different to other people's. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I loved meeting Jen. She's full of wisdom. So thanks for tuning in, and here's the episode. Enjoy! Well, I'm really excited to have Jen Sincero on the podcast. I love your books. My favourite chapter in your first book, which is You Are a Badass, is the money chapter. I feel like we don't talk about it enough. Is that why you did the follow-up book, which is about making money? Absolutely. And especially because my journey to my self-transformation was really around money. I had such a big story around it. You know, every chapter in the original You Are a Badass is like eight to ten pages and mm-hmm. the money chapter was 25 because I was like, and another thing, and then you got to know this. And I also found, because I did so much work on myself around money, I read so many great, great books by other teachers on money and, and, and stuff on how to make it and invest it and grow it. And But I've never found anybody who put the whole piece of allowance in there. And so I dedicated a whole chapter in You Are a Badass Making Money to giving yourself permission. And I know it sounds really airy-fairy, but it's so huge. And if you haven't giving yourself permission to go make as much money as you desire, you are going to stop yourself all over the place. And Mm. it's such a loaded and controversial topic that so many people don't give themselves permission and they don't even realize they're doing it. Yeah, because that was the bit that really spoke to me. And the way you write the book is so brilliant because it's very welcoming. You kind of make fun of self-help in the first bit of your first book. So (laughs) it's like you already know that some bits of self-help as a genre can be quite airy-fairy. But yeah, the bit about how people with lots of money can be associated with, that could be a negative thing. Money is so taboo, isn't it? Absolutely, and it's so interesting. It's like, we focus on, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's horrible things that people do in the quest for money, but that's about greed. That's not about money. And we focus on that and we associate any desire to get rich as bad and morally corrupt. And, you know, meanwhile, every single day we see amazing things that money do. You know, money bought me an awesome cup of coffee this morning, you know? So it's like all day long money is doing lovely things and I left a big tip for somebody and it's constantly bringing lots of wonderful joy into our lives, but we immediately go to the criminalization of not just money, but people who have it. And it's very interesting because we're surrounded by proof that it's great, but we tend to focus on the negative parts more. It's so interesting because I um, as well struggle, I guess, with like the guilt of making money off something that I'm meant to just enjoy. I know you don't talk much about 
gender divides in the book, which mm-hmm. I actually really like. It's not just like women do right. this and men do that. But do you think on the whole, we generalizing women need to get better at talking about it and owning it? Hell yes. And making it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, think about how men are raised to be the breadwinners, they're raised to be success oriented, and women are judged. You know, we are called bad names if we're too aggressive, if we're too ambitious. We're raised to be, you know, put everybody else first and to be feminine and pretty and young, you know, and so we have way more judgment on um, on money and on our ability and right to make it for sure. Mm-hmm. I like as well the bit about what you kind of talk about before you started making money and I liked how you were saying that you don't need to let your life hit rock bottom before you start making it good because I'm quite scared of being mediocre I almost feel like I'd rather just be really really bad at something than just like (laughs) so mediocre excel at being bad at least if you're bad you could make it into like a stand-up show or something like you could do something with it (gasps) but um that kind of feeling of oh things are okay what was the motivation for you to kind of start making money? Feeling mediocre, you know. I, I, um, I was living in a converted garage in my 40s and making all of my decisions based on money. So I would, any, I mean, down to what I ordered off the menu. If it, you know, how much it cost was more mm. important than whether I wanted to eat it or not. And, and just feeling I wanted to travel. There was so much I wanted to do and so much I wanted to buy that I couldn't. So that was very frustrating. But I think even more is what you were talking about is feeling like, come on, man, this is, this is the best I can do, really? Like I knew deep down in my heart that I was this powerful being and mm. I was being so lame. So for me, <laughs> it was just like, I can't take another moment of feeling this way. Like I'm, I was letting myself down, you know? Yeah. Because so. also the stuff around, so I've read quite a lot of books that are, are kind of saying, um, you know, manifest, visualize, write down what you what money you want to make and then one day it will appear outside your door like a check will just be there it's kind of very can't put the two together whereas your book does touch on those things our mind is so powerful and of course we can change the way we think and what we get as a result of that and I wondered how did you manage to strike that balance because it's a really great book and some books go like so far the other way. Right, because I think it's I think both parts are so important. I think the mindset is crucial and I think the action you take is crucial. Mm. But the thing that most people don't realize is your actions are based on your mindset. So it really that's why the subtitle of my book is Master the Mindset of Wealth where when you make a real decision to change your life as opposed to a pretend decision where you know once it gets too expensive or too hard or too challenging, you you come up with excuses why it won't work, right? That's mm-hmm. not a real decision. A real decision is I am doing this and there is no back out plan and I'm not stopping until I achieve it. When you have that mindset, the actions you take are very different than when you've got the mindset of I'm going to try until it gets too hard. Mm. So it is about action, but action starts with mindset. And do you think on the whole, it's quite easy to make excuses? Oh my God, we're professionals at it. I mean, yeah. we literally... When you start to pay attention to what comes out of your mouth, you're, oh my gosh. And, and we're very um, convinced and, and proud of them too. Mm-hmm. You know, like, of course, you know, in my back in the day, like, I 
was a freelance writer. And I was like, it's, nobody makes money as a freelance writer. You know, the economy's really bad. Um, you know, it, I, I have 40 years of proof that I suck at making money. Like these are all very real things that I can stand behind and I can prove myself mm -hmm. right over and over again that this is quote unquote the truth. So until you are available to be incorrect about your truth that you've been counting on your whole life, that you've been mm -hmm. proving your whole life and be like, you know what? This truth is boring the crap out of me. I hate being broke. I know deep down that I am a badass and I'm gonna go make something happen for mm -hmm. myself. You you literally kill off all those old stories and start to believe in something that you not only have never seen in your own life, but you've proven is incorrect. So for me, I went from saying, I can't afford it, I suck at making money, I'm broke, blah, 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 to being like, I am a powerful creature and I live in an abundant universe and money flows to me freely and easily. Mm -hmm. And I focused on that all the time, even though I could still hear the crickets chirping in my empty bank account. You know, I yeah. forced myself to change my mind about it and that's when everything started shifting. I do love the personal anecdotes in the book. It really does bring it to life when you're being so honest about your situation. Yeah. It's not just like, it all happened for me overnight. It's right. very much, here's all the backstory. I guess another reason money is really kind of a tricky subject is obviously people have some, maybe, like their parents have money or a family member has money and some people just don't have any. You know, the readers of this book, is this for people who might think, I have no money? Like some people are lucky they're born into money, for mm -hmm. example. Is it, or is it for everyone? It's for everyone because everybody has this same capacity to make as much money as they desire. Certainly people are born into very, very different situations with very different challenges. Mm -hmm. So not everybody's equal that way, but absolutely. And, and I mean, we see all the time these people who come from nothing who make billions and we see people who are born into billions living under a bridge, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's not about that. It's about your mindset mm -hmm. and what you do. It's what exciting. You, what you can do. It's exciting. So I wanted to ask as well about the backstory to getting the getting published. I know you're obviously a freelance writer for many years. Oh my gosh, well, uh, You Are a Badass is actually my third book. So I had been published already, but um, I wasn't making any money as a writer. It surprises me how little people will pay for oh. freelance writing. It's like the Sex and the City thing still really annoys me. I'm oh, like, right, well, I'm she's like... living in this nice apartment in New <laughs> yeah. York. Exactly. I so bought into that. I was like, I'm going to move to London. I'm going to have a column. <laughs> and I'm going to have so much money. And such an amazing <laughs> wardrobe. And yeah, I know. Yeah. Ridiculous. And what we're willing to accept as writers, you know, what you will allow people to pay you. So it really goes in both directions there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I do believe that in, you know, when you're really young and you're just starting out, you do have to cut your teeth and get exposure and blah, blah, blah. But I think it is, I really, well, I'm grateful that my journey happened how it is, but anybody who's listening to this is just starting out, start working on your beliefs about money and your right to make it right now. Like with my book, with other books, because when you, it's a relationship like any other relationship and we aren't trained to focus on money because it's seen as a bad thing. It means you are a moral free person if you focus on money and you need it every day in your life mm. and it's so important and all money does is give you option and options mm. and freedom. Amy Schumer talks about money in a really great way. In her memoir she says that she can send her niece I think it is to a really good school and her dad has something I think it's multiple sclerosis oh. and basically pays for all his health care and she's like I'm a millionaire and I can help them like I'm yeah. not going to apologize for that. Right. And it's amazing that we even have to justify, justify it. Why it. is it so bad? Who made it so bad? And the other thing I feel so strongly about is 
I want the good-hearted, conscious, feeling people of Earth to make buttloads of money so that we can turn this around. And, and, and all the greedy, power-mongering you know, people who are doing such destructive things on the quest for, you know, because of greed are not only you know, having all the money themselves, but they're turning off other good people to making money because we don't want to be like them. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, if I pull up behind one more rusted Subaru with a coexist sticker on it, I'm going to go crazy. (laughs) It's like, I want that person to have all the money they need to spread their beliefs however they need to. So anyway. Yeah. But, um, so, so with the, with the starting, out of the book because mm, I because right. I, I find like did you know it was going to be a New York, New York Times? Oh my god! Oh my gosh! No. So um, I wrote the original "You Are a Badass" because I had re- you know read every self help book under the sun in my quest to ch- change my money story. Um, so I'd read every book. There's so many great books out there. So many great self help books and so many great teachers. But I just remember being like, man, wouldn't it be great if there was one that was really funny and that had story and that was had curse words? Because that's kind of the kind of book I would have wanted to mm-hmm. read. And also, so I wrote it for me, myself, but I also wrote it because there's many people in my life who I just love so much who will not touch a self-help book with a 10-foot pole because mm-hmm. they're too cheesy and too earnest. And I was like, you know, maybe if I put the word ass in the cover, they'll <laughs> read it and they'll get the information. So yeah. I wanted to welcome in a whole new sector of people into this world. And um, so I, I had an agent already at the time, and I pitched him the idea. And he's like, oh, I think, I think it's a good idea. And so he took it to every single publisher under the sun, and nobody wanted it. They were all like, the last thing the world needs is another self-help book. And I was like, yeah, but there's not one out there that's got an edge to it. It's funny. And they're like, yeah, it's not going to sell. So... Mm. Every industry professional told us that we had a really bad idea, but there was one publisher that I can't really, it was like Thanksgiving in the States and it got kind of lost in the shuffle. And so they thought they were the first ones getting it and they didn't know that it had been rejected by everybody. And they're like, yeah, we think it might be a good idea. So they took, and this was the, I was getting ready to self-publish. I was like, Mm. okay, I'm going to make this happen. So they published it and then it turned into this bananas phenomenon where, you know, it took us three years, but after three years, so many people, um, you know, who bought it, loved it and gave it to 10 friends and then they gave it to 10 friends. So it was this, this real word of mouth mm. growth. And now we've been on the New York times list for over a year and it's in 20 languages. And it's, oh my God. I, I mean, it's incredible. That is amazing. Because I, I read a lot of self-help books and you're right. Like you, I, li- I like a lot of them, but you, you, there's like a formula and it's quite formal sometimes. Mm-hmm. Whereas this right. one's like, you're kind of sat with you like in a bar and you're, yeah. and you're chatting and you're telling it how it is. And I'm, and I'm confessing that I'm embarrassed that I'm even talking about self-help because I was so snarky about it. I was yeah. way too cool for school my whole life. And then I was like, I need some help. And so I'm going to read these books that I have big judgment around. And lo and behold, they changed my whole life. So I was like, hmm, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's other people out there who wouldn't be caught dead reading a self-help book either who could really use it. Yeah, like when yeah. you're on the tube and you're yeah. reading like Money for Dummies right. or something. Right. Like, oh, God. But with the second book, the, the Making Money book, was that mostly kind of you knew exactly what you wanted to cover or did you do some research with friends or...? Well, no. I mean, this was totally the book I was meant to write second. Like there was no doubt in my mind that it would be the second one because um, it was my personal, it was the thing I overcame in order to write the first book. So, uh, and I was so excited to go very deeply into the specifics of money. You know, You Are Badass is about changing all aspects of your life really. 
and and um, I just I feel so strongly about money and about people making it because and getting over their issues and their judgment of it because it's such an important part of our lives and so um, I have been a life coach for over 10 years also so I have tons of stories and most wow. a, a lot of people who come to me to work with me are working on their money stuff too so I had my life and everybody else's that I worked with with your life coach work can you see transformations god yeah and you know what's so fascinating about humans and so sort of insulting <laughs> is that we're not original at all I've been doing this for such a long time and even now you know I'm on tour and I always do a mm. Q&A it's always the same damn questions and with my clients and with myself you know all of our issues if there's like I would say 12 basic human issues and they get repeated over and over and over and one of the biggest ones that I found as a coach well there are two big ones you know one is that we really don't want to outshine our parents so and this was a big one with me like if I got really rich and successful I would humiliate my dad um, my fam my the people who love me wouldn't recognize me anymore and I would be abandoned. You know, the biggest mm. human fear on earth is abandonment. And so... Because you do hear stories of people who get really rich and their friends are like, I don't want to hang out with you anymore because uh -huh. it's kind of awkward or... I don't know, all these silly, like, stories. Well, not silly at all, but just they seem trivial, but actually they're quite big. Yeah, it's huge. Mm. And you do lose friends. And mm. you do, and you know, and, and the second one is also what do you do when um, the people who you love don't support your success? And... Mm. What happens a lot of times is when we decide to get rich or we decide to lose weight or we come out of the closet or we decide to quit our jobs and go after something else, we're killing off the person that these people know and love mm -hmm. and we are changing the unspoken agreement that I'm this person, you're this person and this is our relationship. So we're breaking that code and that's why we're always so surprised. It's like, but you're my mom or you're my husband, you're my best friend. Why aren't you supporting me? You know, strangers are giving me more support mm -hmm. than you are. Strangers don't have anything to lose. People who yeah. love you and are closest to you are like freaking out because you're killing off the person they love. And it's also putting a mirror up to them and being like, I'm the same as you right now, but I'm changing everything about my life, which means that you can do it too. And a lot of people get very grouchy when they are faced with the opportunity to change and they don't want to yet. Mm, that must happen a lot in relationships. Oh, yeah. Because... Yeah it's it's not always going to be totally balanced at all times but it's interesting as well when you meet up with old school friends maybe and they like you've all got your characteristics from when you were younger mm -hmm. and it's like well we're, we're different now it's not the same puzzle yeah but I wondered with your success I mean n number one New York Times selling book is that did anyone change towards you in any way or is it because it's happened over time um I I definitely you know, for me, it was more when I started making money that mm. I lost some key, key, key friends. Mm. Very painful. But at the same time, I'm like, I still love them, and they're not available to love the person I've become, so they need to go. You know, mm. like, I'm not, you don't want anybody to stay in a relationship where they're faking it or, you know, whatever. So, mm. and I've also made so many great new friends, and I've kept the majority of my old friends. So it's yes. not that big a deal. But, you know, you, you, people come and go in your life regardless of mm -hmm. whether you're going to wallow in your mediocrity or go for success. So it's yeah. going to happen anyway. Yeah. But um, but with the with my success, I, I see it. It's, it makes people uncomfortable. It makes mm -hmm. people who know me really well a little uncomfortable. Just like a couple of friends I've noticed aren't that encouraging about my success mm -hmm. because I don't know why. <laughs> 
I feel that on lots and lots of layers, that's really relatable to everyone. Because yeah. you could be, you know, just get, you know, get a job promotion maybe at work, or yeah. you've put on Facebook that something's amazing is happening to you, or you've just had a really good holiday. There's like, you can notice when some people aren't that happy for you. Yeah. It's really obvious. Isn't it interesting? So, yeah. And I think it's so, I really feel like we're like, you know, that person was really there for me when I was down. I was like, and that's beautiful. I'm more impressed by people who are there for you when you're kicking ass because when you're down, they get to feel like they're helping and they can pat themselves on the back and there's nothing in it for them. Mm -hmm. There's nothing in it for them when you're kicking ass and they're just cheering you on. Yes. Honestly, so I'm like, those yeah. are my real friends. <laughs> yes. The other interesting thing is, I think how men can treat you when you have money, because I guess that's like power in the very old-fashioned sense of the word. And I interviewed Cindy Gallup for the podcast mm. um, a while ago, who's kind of an amazing tech entrepreneur, and she was saying like one of the most feminist things you can do is make loads of money, totally. because then you're in control of everything. But I kind of don't like the idea that you have to be rich to earn respect from men. It's kind of, what is that about? Well, I think, again, it's about freedom and options. So I think even, I agree with her because it does give you freedom and options and it is power, like it or not, it is. But I think standing in your power in any sense of the word, if it's your confidence, your sexual power, your voice, like saying, telling people what you need as opposed to settling for what you can get, like there's mm. so many ways to do yeah. that money is one of them mm -hmm. certainly but I, I and I think making as much money as you desire is totally powerful mm -hmm. and that doesn't mean millions of dollars for everybody but yeah that's yeah. the thing that was really interesting as well is is how it can be like my my goal of how much I would love to make a month might mm -hmm. be different to yours absolutely and it would be different to someone else's yeah but it's kind of working out what that happy place is for you one of the most important things you can do is to sit down and get quiet and not look at Facebook and not look at what other people are doing and be like what do I want out of life what's really important to me and how much does it cost like we never sit down and figure out how much stuff costs and mm -hmm. by the way everything costs money in modern society on planet earth so it's mm -hmm. like Getting that price tag is so crucial. Yeah. And getting clear on who you are and what's important to you is yeah. crucial. Have yeah. you noticed any differences between US and UK audiences at all? I don't know if we're worse than Americans. Well, I was actually very pleasantly surprised because I know that Americans have sort of a Pollyanna, self-aggrandizing, you know, radically optimistic sort of personality in other parts of the world. And I thought I was going to have a lot more trouble, uh, just a lot more skepticism when I came here. And you guys have totally drunk the Kool-Aid. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, awesome. <laughs> we need it. But I think that you're way more open and, and way more on board already. Mm -hmm. At least the audiences I've spoken to so far, it's been lovely. People are really eager to, they're very open. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's interesting, like the generations as well, because I think millennials mm. um, are apparently, from the research they want to live like an, a, an amazing life with lots of experiences and spend their money on travel. Mm -hmm. And there was like a really big study a while ago which was saying that they'd rather have flexibility or more meaningfulness at work than financial rewards. Good for them. And it was like, not to say they don't want any money, but it right. was just like, actually I'd rather work four days than five days if it means I get a day to do something that makes me feel fulfilled. Right. And I'd rather take a pay cut. Yeah. Like, so it was, that was really interesting. That is interesting. And I say to them, take a stand for the and, work less and make as much money as you want to. And you can totally do that. I, I think that we've really been trained to believe in this either or. Mm -hmm. You're either an artist or you're rich. 
you're either working your ass off or you don't make as much money. You know, we, we've really limited ourselves that way. And when you start to be like, you know what? I want to love my job. I don't want to work my ass off and I want to make as much money as I want. You can have that. Mm. Are you quite good at sort of saying no to stuff and like setting boundaries of like, I'm not going to do that? I am excellent at it, but I'm also in my 50s. And I feel like that was something I learned through time and practice. Mm. But man, when I turned 50, I was like, oh, I really kind of don't care that much anymore. Yeah. But I think you can cultivate that. I think that's practice and it's really, um, you can absolutely, I've seen, I've met young people who are great at that, who mm-hmm. just, and the thing that's so interesting about boundaries and especially with women too, like we're so worried about upsetting people and being unpopular. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I heard a great phrase once where it's, I'm, we're not willing to make somebody as uncomfortable as they just made us. Mm-hmm. And when you caught, when you, it's like a muscle, like any other muscle. You've got to be aware of it. And you've got to work it out every day. And so putting up boundaries and saying no actually helps the person that you're saying no to as well. When you're saying yes to something you don't want to do, that's such an icky energy and it doesn't really serve mm-hmm. them and you're resentful and it's all weird and unclear. When you are really clear and you say a very solid no, it, it is a gift to them as well. Yes, because it's like maybe not this time, but let's stay in touch yeah or I've, I've only no ju- oh yeah yeah <laughs> straight up no yeah see, see i need to get better yeah. at this. I'm, I'm getting there i'm like i'm gonna say no to you in a really long way yeah but why don't i just say no yeah yeah but it's uh yeah it's definitely a learning curve like i've i've only just learned that you don't have to reply to everything uh-huh. like if you if you get an email that makes you feel a bit weird i'm like I, I, I can just delete it. Uh-huh. That's a new thing I'm learning. If it's something you really don't want to do, just you can just say no. You don't have to. And yeah. here's the other. My, I think my next book is going to be You Are a Badass at Not Saying I'm Sorry. Yes. <laughs> oh Women God. have got to stop apologizing. Oh, my god. I do that thing where I write an email and then I go back and delete all of the kind of, I think, I was wondering. God. So sorry. Like, so sorry that I'm really ill and I can't move. You maybe say sorry once, if you want to, but it was like <laughs> saying, like, I'm so, 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 so sorry. Yeah. And in circumstances where actually it's not my fault. Oh, my God, we're, <laughs> we are sorry for existing. I, like, walked by a woman and accidentally hit, hit her, and she apologized to me. I was like, why? Because you were there? You're sorry for being? Why are you sorry? <laughs> oh, my God, yes. Are you going to write another do you think oh i have to oh good (laughs) yeah that's the answer people listening to this are not just in the uk they're kind of everywhere have you got any events coming up or is there anything where people can come and see you or yeah well i'm on tour right now my tour is actually ending tomorrow night but then i think i'm going back out in the fall we're not sure i think in the states in the fall they said they're definitely sending me back out in september if people go to jensincero.com and it's jen and then sincero is like sincere so j-e-n-s-i-n-c-e-r-o.com and if you give me your email address i can keep you up to date Mm. on you know touring and um i get sometimes do coaching programs based on my books that um that are really fun and helpful yeah it's really is that group yeah I do group coaching and now right now I'm selling it as a do-it-yourself product so you can download it but um, sometimes I do live coaching on those too and it's yeah that's a whole other thing that I love doing I just don't have time right now but you can right now you can buy those products oh amazing and And is that for anyone who just needs to kind of take it to the next level wherever they might be with their money well what it does is it is it takes the information in the book and it puts it in little containers so each week you know exactly what you're doing and what I 
focused on in this. I'm, I'm also a big believer in boiling concepts down, like all these books that go on and on and on and on and on and give you eight trillion exercises. I'm done before I've started. Like I just can't deal with that. So mm. I boil it down into very clear steps and it's as you know straight to the point as possible. But it also, one week you do something that's sort of mindset-y and, um, you know, woo-woo and really changing your belief system. And then the next week it's about time management. And then, so I, I mix both the brass tacks action steps with the mindset stuff so that you can put the mindset stuff into practice because mm-hmm. you know we all read books on meditation and read books on being present and you know read books about expanding our thoughts and then we go out into life and it all flies away right yeah. but if you're putting it into practice right away it, it's it makes it sink in and it, you really get it so mm-hmm. yeah the programs are really fun yeah. and um they're just eight weeks long and um it's it's good you can use it over and over and over once you buy it so yeah. Do you have any kind of daily morning practices or anything? That yeah, you... you know, it depends what um, what I'm working on. Um, but I I love, you know, I read some kind of self help book every day, and if, it depends if I'm you know working on making money or expanding my business or relationship or whatever I'm focusing on. I've usually got some self help book in the rounds. Um, I love guided meditation. That's a mm-hmm. big one for me. Listening to that on headphones. Um, music is a huge one for me and so when I'm really focused on something I'm listening to the music that makes me feel pumped up and like I can do anything and um, yeah. and exercise and being out in nature I live out in Santa Fe oh, New nice. Mexico and I go hiking a lot and that really settles me and really blows my mind yeah so oh my, there's a great life choices oh, thank you <laughs> I, it's just being so aware of what you're consuming is so yeah i find myself just scrolling through stuff that's making me feel weird and i'm like why am i doing this yeah stop myself well that's good and it starts yeah. with awareness like when you're feeling crappy all the time being like well look at what i'm doing and what i'm focusing on and who i'm hanging out with and mm. what i'm talking about what i'm reading yeah, and yep. you have a conscious choice. We every day, every second of every day, we're making a conscious choice. And oh, gee, when you change what you're focused on, when you consciously choose to focus on other things, your entire life changes. It honestly is that easy. And I know, I know, people. We try and make it hard. And even back in the day, I was like, "Come on, it can't just be that. There has to be some big mystery." And da da da. But it really starts with change your focus, change your life. On that note, buy the books, <laughs> read the books. They really are just awesome. And thank you. Uh, thank you for writing them. Oh, thank you so much. And thanks for coming on the podcast. Oh, I hope to meet pleasure. you again and hopefully come to an event in the future or definitely read the third book. Oh, thanks Slash so much. Sixth book. Or what, what would it be? The, Five. the fifth book. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. And also, I'll have to go back and read your other ones. I hope you yeah. do. Are they non-fiction or are they fiction? Um, one is a novel about being in a rock band called Don't Sleep oh. With Your Drummer. That's cool. And then I wrote one called The Straight Girl's Guide to Sleeping with Chicks because I had a girlfriend for six months and I was like, am I gay? Am I straight? What's my deal? And oh my God, just... great. <laughs> for my I mean, next I'm... holiday, I'll be buying that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank Jen. you so much. This was Thank great. You.